When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Empire. Welcome to Inside the Cap. I'm your host, Joel Corey. You can find me on X at C O R R Y J O E L. You can also read my regular CBSSports.com column agents take on NFL salary cap and contract matters. Um, This time around, we're going to take a look at the new Joe Burrow contract, which was agreed to on opening night of the NFL season, September 7th, and also who it may impact the most on a go-forward basis. Joe Burrow became the NFL's highest-paid player um, on Thursday when he signed a five-year, $275 million extension, averaging $55 million per year. There's $146.51 million fully guaranteed at signing, and there's $219.01 million in total guarantees. That is the second most amount fully guaranteed at signing and in total guarantees in NFL contract. Um, obviously, the benchmark for both is the $230 million fully guaranteed contract that um, Lamar, not Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson signed when he was traded from the Texans to the Browns last offseason. Now, Joe Burrow had said that he was focused on doing a deal that's good for everybody. Um, This deal, and we'll get into the details, looks like it's better for Joe Burrow than it is for anybody else. One thing that we saw when Justin Herbert signed was that he had $193,738,375 in injury guarantees that could become fully guaranteed. But there's another $25 million of his completely unsecured 2028 base salary. That would become guaranteed for injury on the third day of the 2026 league year. And then that $25 million would become fully guaranteed on the third day of the 2027 league year. So that gave him a total of $218,738,375 that could become guaranteed. That was a very important mark as far as Brian Iroh, um Burroughs' agent, who also represents Nick Bosa. So a hell of a few days for Brian Iroh. He's also the on the rep agreement for Justin Jefferson. <laughs> so he's got some players that are going to... Two broken the bank and one will break the bank next year, uh, most likely. But anyway, that was an important benchmark. There are... Incentives in the contract 
which bring the total to 281.25 million. That is the max value uh, of this contract. Um, and there's a, an incentive for the 25 through 2029 league years where Burroughs participate in 65% of the regular season plays and the Bengals have to win the AFC Championship game and then he has to participate in 50% or more of the plays in that game for a $500,000 bonus or, not and, or. Um, it has the same playtime thresholds for the regular season and in the specific game. And the Bengals win the Super Bowl. It jumps another 750 to 1.25 million. So, max value of the deal, 281.25 million. They're not going to win the Super Bowl every year from 25 through 29, but the deal maxes out at 56.25 million per year. Structurally, this thing borrows from the Jalen Hurts contract, which was the most extreme version of any contract I've seen of option bonuses. That contract had an option bonus after each year. I've seen double option bonuses, and that's how Justin Herbert's is, um, but not an option bonus after each year. Burroughs' contract has five option bonuses, and for those who don't know, um, an option bonus is essentially like a second signing bonus. But it's after the first year of the contract, usually when there's one option bonus in the second or third year to exercise a later year years in the contract and the option bonus gets um, treated like signing bonus and it's prorated on the salary cap uh, for the life of a contract up to a maximum of five years. So it creates multiple prorations when you have a signing bonus and you have option bonuses in the contract. Now, of this $146.51 million, that's guaranteed. That is basically the money through 2025. And the total guarantees, that's basically the cash through 2027. So the first three years of the contract are guaranteed 2023 through 2025. Then the first five years, and that's the cash through the first five years, 219.01 million are the total guarantees. Now, uh, Burrow is getting a $40 million roster bonus um, this year. It's for being on the roster as of the 9th of September, which obviously he was. And it's paid $15 million within uh, 15 days of executing the contract, then $10 million on or about October 15, 2023, then the remaining $15 million on or about um, December 15, 2023. So that $40 million is getting prorated on the cap. So Burroughs 2020-2023 cap number goes up $8 million because that's $40 million divided by 5, $8 million in proration, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27. So um, his cap number goes from $11,515,043 to $19,515,043. Now, with these option bonuses... Um, the way it's written, Burrow originally has a base salary of $65,714,982. Now, they're going to exercise an option, and that's going to be to 
pick up his 2028 contract year where there's going to be a salary of $40.5 million. They have to do it between the first and tenth day of the 2024 league year. If they pick that up, which they are, um, Burroughs' base salary will reduce to $10,714,982 because there's a there's a $55 million option bonus, option uh, payment associated with picking up the 2028 contract year. Um, and that 11, that 55 million will be prorated on the cap 2024 through 2028, $11 million each. So what that's going to do is Burroughs 2024 cap number was scheduled to be 29.504 million. Now, when the option is picked up, is exercised, so the option bonus kicks in for picking up the 2028 contract year. Burroughs' cap number in 2024 will be $29,714,982. So that's a $210,982 increase over what his fifth-year option was going to be. After 2024 is when Burroughs' cap numbers start jumping. In 2025, is $46.25 million. Then in 2026, is $48.25 million. It's going to be $52.25 million in 2027, $53.75 million in 2028. Then the largest cap number will be $57,789,018 in 2029. Now, as I was saying, there are other option bonuses in this deal. Um, Burroughs' 2025 base salary is on the books at $35.25 million for now. There's a $10 million option bonus, which is going to reduce it to $25.25 million. has to be picked up first the 10th day of the 2025 league year. The trigger for the exercise of the option is first, first through 10th day of the league year, that particular league year when the option bonus. Option bonus has to be paid, and the decision to pick up the contract year um, comes into play. So, that's going to reduce for $10 million. You're going to prorate that $10 million on the cap, uh, 25, 26, 27, 28, and 29. That's the pick up the 2029 contract year, um, which has a <coughs> excuse me, $48 million, $48,039,818 um, base salary. There's also a $2.5 million um, fifth day of the league year roster bonus in 2029. In 2026, there's a $10 million option bonus, which is going to reduce um, the base salary to $25.25 million to pick up a dummy 2030 year. Um, that $10 million gets prorated as well. Then you got in 2027, um, you're picking up a dummy year for... 2031, and you're going to take a $37.25 million base salary. That's going to reduce to $27.25 million. Then in 2028, you're going to have, you're picking up a dummy 30, 2032, uh, 2032 year, $5 million option bonus. So you're going to reduce the $40.5 million to $35.5 million. So it's a more complicated structure. 
So you're going to have multiple sets of proration um, in this deal. Now, one of the things about the total guarantees is that they vest early um, in this deal after you run out what's fully guaranteed. What's fully guaranteed runs through 2025, but you have the guarantee in 2026. It vests in 2025, a year early. That 30, that 35.25 million, it vests the fifth day of the 2025 league year. That's before the reduction with the option bonus. And then the guarantee in 2027, you've got um, 18.3 million of the 37.25 million, which is goes from injury guaranteed to fully guaranteed on the fifth day of the 2026 league year. And then because you have the option bonus, which is going to reduce it. Um, it's has 18.95 million um, of the 37.25 million would become fully guaranteed fifth day of the 2027 league year. So it's structured in a very um, player friendly manner. Now um, you've got those voiding dummy years, 30, 31, and 32. He's never going to play. Those aren't real years. The they're going to void on the 23rd day preceding the first day of the 2030 league year. He also has a no-trade clause in the contract. Now, the bigger thing is the fact that the Bengals actually gave him traditional guarantees. That's something the Bengals have not done in contracts for anybody. That the Bengals have been in the dark ages is a comes to how they structure contracts. Up until this deal, the only guaranteed money in any veteran Bengals contracts was signing bonus. They would do third or fifth day roster bonuses in the second or third year to substitute for additional guarantees, but that money wasn't secured. Now, this is to me reminiscent of what happened with T.J. Watt two years ago with the Steelers. The Steelers were one of three teams which structured contracts this way. Green Bay, no guarantees except signing bonus. One exception was Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Pittsburgh had done injury guarantees only for Ben Roethlisberger, nobody else. Same, It was the same structure that the Bengals had. With T.J. Watt, they gave him $80 million fully guaranteed at signing which was the most fully guaranteed for a non-quarterback until um, Nick Bosa's recent deal for $34 million per year to make the highest paid non-quarterback. He had 88 fully guaranteed at signing. So they established new precedent in Pittsburgh with T.J. Watt. Now, after Justin Herbert's deal was done, where he got <laughs> almost $134 million, um X fully guaranteed at signing. It was $133,738,375 fully guaranteed at signing. There is no way you're going to get Joe Burrow to stick to your structural convention. Um, in Pittsburgh, that extended the following year to Minka Fitzpatrick. He's the only the person who's gotten the T.J. Watt structure in Pittsburgh. We'll see if this goes to T. Higgins. Um, if he can get a deal done, which I'm skeptical, um, I suspect he gets a franchise tag. But for right now, it's a Joe Burrow exception with guarantees. Um, 
in Cincinnati. And they did something, um, as I said, the Jalen Hurts model with the multiple option bonuses. This is a team which rarely does option bonuses generally. They did it with Joe Mixon when he signed his extension in 2020. And this year of Logan Wilson, they did one option bonus with him as well. So they'd done two option bonuses with veteran extensions. Um, but then they go to an extreme here with um, Joe Burrow to get this deal done. Um, so that was pretty um, fascinating um, to me. Now, this contract is extremely player-friendly in the structure in terms of the cash flow. Now, the Justin Herbert deal set new records for cash flow in terms of new money through the first new year, uh, second new year, third new year, and so forth. Burrow surpasses those. And in terms of new money, through the first new year, he's got $111,460,982. Through the second new year, he's got $146,710,982. Through the third new year, he's at $183,960,982. This is an extremely front-loaded contract. The three-year new money average, $61,320,327. That is crazy. Now, his $55 million per year breaks the paradigm that we saw this year. The, there'd been a trend developing when someone became the highest paid quarterback this year. That we had Jalen Hurts jump above Aaron Rodgers. It was a 1.45% increase when he signed for $51 million per year. Then Lamar Jackson takes it from 51 to 52 he goes 1.96% more than Jalen Hurts. Then Justin Herbert goes from 52 to 52.5. It's a 0.96% increase. So if that trend had held true, Burrow was probably going to come in at 53.5 million per year, which would have been a 1.9% increase. What he actually did was if you took all the increases starting with when Matt Ryan in 2018 became the first $30 million per year um, player in the NFL. And that would include Ryan going from 30 over Kirk Cousins is 28, then Aaron Rodgers in 2018 going to $33.5 million from Ryan's 30, and then Russell Wilson going from 35 to uh, Aaron Rodgers' 33.5. I'm going to throw out the Mahomes deal because it was an anomaly in terms of length of contract, and he was like 28.6% more than Russell Wilson. So you exclude that one, and he picked back up with Rodgers in 2020, uh, jumping Patrick Mahomes by 11.1% when he signed a three-year deal for 50271667 per year. If you do that, then the average increase of all these guys is 5%. That's essentially what Joe Burrow got, was a 5% increase over Herbert. It's 4.76. So given where this trend was going, the 1% to 2% increase, phenomenal increase for Joe Burrow. Now, 
as I said, this is a very player-friendly structure. And one thing I look at a lot is cash flow percentages and contracts. And if you look at the cash flow percentages of this deal, it blows all these other quarterbacks away. And I'm only focusing on the five-year deals. And one thing that we did see this year, and it kind of forced Burrow into a five-year deal, was five years started becoming a trend. It used to be when you had quarterbacks who had two years left on their rookie contract and they got an extension for four years. Four years have been the norm. But we saw last year Kyler Murray, two years left on his rookie contract, five-year extension. Um, Russell Wilson, when he was traded um, for Denver, to Denver from Seattle, that was a March then in the preseason, five new years, five-year extension. Uh, We had Jalen Hurts. Rookie contract, contract year, five new years. Lamar Jackson, straight five-year deal, who's franchised. Yeah, Justin Herbert, sixth pick in the draft, same year as Burrow, 2020, five new years. So it was going to be kind of hard for Burrow to do anything but a five-year extension. Now, that being said, if you look at the cash flow, it's phenomenal. Um, he's getting 14 0.55% of his new money through this year. 27.71% um, through next year. So before the New Year's kick in, he's at 27.71%. By contrast, Justin Herbert's at 15.24%. He's got 40.53% of the new money through the first new year. Herbert's at 38%. Lamar Jackson's at 30.7% of the new money through the first new year. Um, Jalen Hurts, his he has a flat deal for, for the most part. He's got 23.53% through the first new year. Through the second new year, Burroughs got 53.35% of the new money. That's that's crazy. Herbert is at 47.24. Through the third new year, he's at 66.89%. Hurts... Lamar Jackson, 6% flat deal through the third new year. The average through three years, through through three years or three new years, is the same as the deal average. Herbert's at 60.98. Kyler Murray is strong in this regard. He's at 64.12%. Now, Burrow through the fourth new year, 81.62%. Herbert is next at 80.96%. You have Lamar Jackson and Jalen Hurts at 80%. So this deal is phenomenal in practically every regard. So I'm not really sure what Burrow meant. There's going to be a deal which is good for him and good for the team. As I said at the very outset, this deal looks like it's much better for Joe Burrow than for anybody else. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Now, we've seen a trend with quarterback deals this year, but that the next guy who signs 
leap leapfrogs the previous guy and becomes highest paid player. We'll see if that trend continues next year. Um, with who could be impacted by this deal, and there are four guys in particular I want to bring up. Uh, one is Patrick Mahomes. He's the elephant in the room. Um, Dak Prescott, Tua Tungvaloa, and Trevor Lawrence. Now, when Aaron Rodgers signed, we saw two subsequent deals that did not, conventional deals, did not com- uh, surpass them. There's also the Deshaun Watson fully guaranteed contract, which didn't go past his $50,271,667 per year deal. No one else hit the $50 million per year club. You had Kyler Murray coming at $46.1 million and Russell Wilson at $49 million per year. Now, Mahomes is the big elephant in the room that he's the eighth highest paid player in the league. Um, heading into the offseason last year, he was still the highest paid player until Aaron Rodgers surpassed him. And then the floodgates opened. And Brett Veach, the GM of the Kansas City Chiefs, the offseason said once the dust settled with the deals, namely, namely meaning Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow, they're going to have to look at doing something to Mahomes' contract. He's got eight years left on his deal. And there's $374.1 million left on those eight years. This is a very backloaded deal that he signed. The remaining eight years average $46,762,500 per year. I don't know what they're going to do to adjust it. If there's ever a case you rip up a deal, this would be it. But I suspect there's going to be some sort of mechanism to make Mahomes the highest paid player. Um, over the next three years, he's not make his. He, it's still very team friendly from a cash standpoint. The, in 2024, he's making $37.95 million. In 2025, he's making $41.95 million. And the same in 2026. So over the next three years after this year, and that's what I mean by eight years left, after 2023, he's making $121.85 million. In straight cash, the first three years of Burroughs' contract, he's at $146.51 million. There's a problem there. And then if you look at Burroughs' cash over those same years, let me quickly do the math on that, uh, 24 through 2026, it's making $136,214,982. So that's still more than Mahomes, significantly more. But I did see something interesting when the Chiefs, restructured Mahomes' contract this year on March 16th. They converted $12 million of his $17.5 million base salary. They let the $22.4 million roster bonus on the third day go through. So when they did that conversion, although you didn't need to because you're proting it 23, 24, 25, 26, and 27, you don't have any proration on this deal after 2027, they added two voiding dummy years that void on the last day of the 2029 league year for $60 million per year. 
So I don't know if that's some sort of clue where they're going to end up deleting 2030 and 2031, whenever, whatever they do with Mahomes, and they're going to not delete them, but turn those into voiding years, years automatically void, uh, 2030 and 2031. So he's only going to be under contract through 2029. I, that Maybe that's a telltale sign. In those two years, they put $60 million, So is that what we're looking at? For Mahomes, was that 60 million number put there for a reason? I don't know. But it'll be interesting to see how the Chiefs adjust Patrick Mahomes' contract, presumably after this year. Now, there's another guy that is polarizing that could benefit from this contract, and that's Dak Prescott. But Dak Prescott has to play well this year. He's coming off a down year by standards, uncharacteristically led the NFL with 15 interceptions despite missing five games early in the season for fractured right thumb. Now, the reason I say this is if he bounces back to essentially his 2021 form or something resembling that, when he had career highs in completion percentage, 68.8%, Touchdown passes 37, had a 104.2 passer rating, threw for 4,449 yards, second best marks of his career. Then, even though they went out and traded a 2024 fourth-round pick for Trey Lance, that ain't going to matter. Because if Dak Prescott plays well enough, he is going to have a tremendous amount of leverage. It's got a cap number of $59.455 million because Dallas has restructured his contract three times. Now, he's got a clause that prohibits the Cowboys from designating him as a franchise or transition player in 2025. 2024 will be his contract year. He has a no-trade clause as well. So, you couldn't trade him without his permission, without him waiving it. And... You'll have $61.915 million of dead money if you traded him and he got and he waived if you didn't want to pay him um, in the typical time, time frame for a team to get a quarterback, which would be before the draft. So that'd be your dead money. And even worse, if he doesn't play well, he has no trade value for the most part. <laughs> You'd have to waive the no-trade clause, and you still have $61.95 million in dead money you have to continue with, but you probably use a post-year one designation. But if he plays well, he's got all the leverage in the world. So he, this contract will be relevant, whether he goes above it or not. I would imagine it's going to be above Justin Herbert because when he signed his contract, after playing out a franchise tag for $31.409 million in 2020, he became the league's second highest paid player. So that would put him at a minimum above Justin Herbert's $52.5 million per year. Now, if I represented him, I'm playing extreme hardball. If I have a client who lets me, if my client plays well, because we've had every contract negotiation Dak has had has not been easy with the Cowboys. There's only been two quarterbacks who've played under franchise tags. Um... Since the 2011 lockout, and that was um, Kirk Cousins twice, 
with the Redskins in 16 and 17. I mean the Commanders, excuse me. I sometimes call the Chargers the San Diego Chargers uh, still. And Prescott in 2020. So there is no easy negotiation, even though Jerry Jones on the radio, uh, I think, in the last couple of weeks, said that something could get done this year. I got to take that as a grain of salt. But if I had a willing client played well, I would tell Dallas, here is not a negotiation. Here's what I would do. Here's what I can get done. You do this or you're stuck with your cap number, although you could alleviate a little bit because you do have a couple of voiding dummy years so you could make an automatic conversion to kind of kick the can down the road. But I might wait. I might wait to engage until after they have to make a decision with Trey Lance on the fifth-year option, which would be May 2nd. May not engage until then. Um, I'd think about that, but then I'd give them an ultimatum. Here's what it would take to be a fully guaranteed contract. If you can't do that, my my client will play out the year, and we'll just see where the rest of the market goes. Last time you didn't get Dak done in a timely manner, it cost you more money. So there are a couple other guys who could push the market potentially. Um, We could benefit from them, and then you either have to do what I want to do right on the cusp of free agency in 2025, which would be fully guaranteed contract. I'd have to play well again in 2024, going this route. Then I hit the open market in 2025, and teams know well in advance I'm looking to get a fully guaranteed contract, and I'd be a better version of Cousins in 2018 when he got the first lucrative fully guaranteed contract is an unrestricted free agent from the Vikings, $84 million over three years, worth up to 93 incentives. That's one guy. Now, Tula, all he has to do is stay upright for the most part. No concussions, and he's going to reap the benefit of everything that's happened in the market. The Dolphins rightfully aren't doing anything of his contract. Um... No, a concussion-free season will be the difference between Tua joining the $50 million per year club or playing on a fully guaranteed $23.171 million fifth-year option in 2024. And we'll see if that trend will hold of next man up, becomes highest paid, or it's more like Rodgers where you can't get there. But Tua will solidly get in the $50 million per year club if he can stay upright and concussion-free this year. Then the final guy would be 2021 first overall pick, Trevor Lawrence. He becomes eligible for a new deal once the regular season ends this year. So that means on January 8th, the day after the regular season, he could negotiate a new deal. Now, it was a godsend for him that Doug Peterson took over. His head coach last year's first year was a wasted year with that whole, whole Urban Meyer debacle. So he takes the step that you think that he could take this year. The Jaguars should win the AFC South. They make a deep run in the playoffs. He's looking like he's fulfilling the potential of the number one pick. That's your next highest paid player. The, it could be Trevor Lawrence who would top Burrow. But those are the four guys that could be most immediately affected. 
by what happened with Burrow. And that's um, the gist of the Joe Burrow deal. So that's going to be it for this week's Inside the Cap. Thanks for listening. Don't forget, you can find me on X at Corey Joel. That's C-O-R-R-Y-J-O-L. And also read my regular CBSSports.com column, Agents Take, on Salary Cap. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you back here next time. Goodbye.